Hello and welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Emmanuel Penkless and, and I'm joined today Michael by Corbin. Michael Corbin. <laughs> oh, still, have, still haven't figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, um, before we get into um, our main thing for today, which is going to be going through our teams of the last 20 years, there's obviously some news around today. Michael, lock in May 21. It is the day I can sit down on my couch. I can put up my feet. I can put it on Channel 9. I can listen to Ray Warren and the rest of the team. And I can watch a game that I don't know the result of. How good is that? It's it's great news. I saw this news today. The So for those who aren't uh, following along, the NRL has said that uh, barring any late changes, they believe that they can kick off, they can restart the NRL season by May 21. Now, this is big news because initially we thought it would be mid to late June, maybe even July, and we knew that they had an expiration date of uh, September. But hearing that it's going to be back in, what, six, seven weeks? It's pretty exciting. Uh, will give us something to watch. It might be the first sport that... Uh, comes back to the world, if you if you ask me. And yeah, I'm going to be glad to be watching something. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Um, in terms of, and as we raised in our original um, podcast when we were talking about league going off air, but this will be great in terms of managing to keep everyone at home and watching something during the winter because with live sport on, people will be willing, more willing to stay inside because there's, there's something on and there's something to watch, um, which is great. So it's quite exciting. Obviously, there is a need to get through, but um, I just the most recent report seems to suggest the, the island, Rugby League Island, is not happening. The bubble is not happening. The Simpsons Dome is not happening. And it looks like that the competition is going to be based in Sydney, possibly at Penrith, which makes so much sense since nine teams are here. Canberra and Newcastle can drive up and down respectively to get to Sydney. Um, and then it's only five teams that need to be flown in. So this looks pretty good to me. Um, obviously, there are a lot of hurdles to get through, but finally, some footy. Yeah, some of the hurdles were, you know, whether the Warriors could join the comp given the ban on travel between countries. But I think I read that... the. Uh, those uh, travel bans may be laxed to let the Warriors into the country to kickstart this season again. Some of the players, obviously, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I know Cameron Smith spoke out saying that it's going to be a long time away from his family. He doesn't know if he wants to do it. There'll obviously be no crowds, which is fine. We've seen that. I don't think it was an issue. Yeah, they they've already kiboshed the whole uh, teams will lose. Uh, they're, they're going to restart the competition and the teams who earned points in the first two rounds uh, will be docked points. That's not happening. That was, uh, as I said, kiboshed by Peter Volandis straight away. And it looks like this Project Apollo, which has been, uh, you know, the big code name for this project that everyone's putting, uh, uh, using to get the league up and starting, it looks like it's it's making some headway and, you know, results are, results are coming in. Yeah, of course. Um, the Apollo landed on the moon and... Project Apollo gets us to a stadium. We play it every week. So, you know, that's a dream, I guess. But but um, just on that point, 
um, being stripped from clubs for the first two rounds. How absurd was that idea? And, you know, I, I just couldn't work out how could you broadcast two rounds of the season, tell everyone this is the Telstra Premiership, and then decide, you know what, those rounds are going to be worthless. We're going to start everyone back on zero and run the season. And I thought, well, who could have come up with this idea on the Project Apollo committee? And, you know, I was having a look through the list. You've got Wayne Pierce, you've got Graham Annesley, you've got Don Ferner at the Raiders. And I was like, you know what? There's Trent Robinson. Now, isn't that a coincidence? A I actually messaged winning you. back-to-back. <laughs> yeah. I messaged you I during know. the week I and know. I actually said, isn't it funny how Robbo's on this committee and we're, we've got no points for the first two rounds if we want to restart the point system? Yeah. It also, it also reinforces the idea in my head that um, everything that we've seen in the papers and on the news and on the websites for the last um, however many weeks it is now since footy ended has just been about making sure that rugby league is still in the headlines. And, you know, that is one story that is definitely going to keep footy in the headlines. Imagine the uproar if all those teams, I mean, you know, we have mates that support clubs like Newcastle. They haven't had a two and two start to the season for years. Imagine that reaction. Yeah. Uh, them, Parramatta, I think Penrith as well. They were the three big ones. It's like, well, you know, these guys are normally slow starters and they've come off to this hot start. Why would you why would you want to dock on points? And yeah, the uproar would have been insane. It would have driven people to, you know, throw tirades at the NRL and wouldn't have been good. It would not have, it's it's something that we should have avoided at all costs. And it looks like that's happening. I don't know, maybe it was something that was leaked that shouldn't have ever gotten out. It was, you know, a brainstorming thing that, you know, someone wrote on the whiteboard and all of a sudden it's this big yeah. headline, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah, it's one of those thought bubbles that just got taken too far. A yes. bit like this podcast, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but then it's <laughs> much better, much better as well, because it actually gives the NRL a bit of leeway, because um, given two rounds have played, the minimum they want is for every team to play each other team once, which means they only actually need to run 13 more weeks of competition. Um, and if there are, you know, second outbreaks... Um, of mass infection of the virus um, and the NRL gets stalled again or an infection breaks out within the playing groups, this gives the NRL a bit more leeway to sort of have another break if that needs to happen and then get up and running again. But um, things have progressed quickly, which is good. It's awesome because, I mean, the as was said today, um, someone I was reading, the rate of infection now is much less than it was than when the footy... Um, was originally on at the start of the season. So um, all things going well, May 21, and the build-up to that week, we should be talking team lists, um, which is awesome. But, Corbs, last week we did our fantasy teams. Any feedback? Yes, yes you did. Uh, I did get some feedback. I had a few people message me. Look, the overwhelming response was that I... Uh, Wipe the yeah. floor with us. Wipe the floor with <laughs> yeah. you. Is is the is yeah. the phrasing I'll use? Yeah, I've I've heard some pretty good responses. I've heard that uh, people were very shocked at your Dewey pick at fullback. They thought it was heavily, uh, you know, south south some south bias in there. But yeah, I uh, I think I, yeah, I, I, I I was pretty confident looking at it at the end, and uh, people's feedback just affirmed that. <laughs> yeah, look, Dewey Dewey was definitely definitely the um the thorn in my team. But I think other than that, <laughs> I think my team was probably 
It was probably up there. Um, it definitely wasn't coming forth, but, you know, we won't name names about that. But, yeah, um, I did get some <laughs> feedback too. I told that there were some interesting choices, which I thought was um, quite kind of um, that person to send me that because I think that was rather complimentary. Um, <laughs> but this week, <laughs> this week, as I said, fantasy, as I said in the first podcast, fantasy is not my strong point. So um, I like to deal with the real thing, real premierships. So um, today we've gone back um, and we thought it fair that, you know, given we're both uh, born early 90s, our first memories of rugby league are really, well, my first memories from rugby league are from around 99. And then, of course, um, I didn't have a team to follow for 2000, 2001. But after that, um, obviously, you know, the Roosters made their first grand final in 20 years in 2000. So we've gone through... Um, and decided to list our best teams of the last 20 years. Yeah. So basically the team of the 21st century. Yeah. I would like to point out that, you know, the media, the media actually have been doing this. Fox sports has been dropping, has been, uh, every day they've been dropping five players and they're counting down their top 20 players of the last 20 years. I've been looking at this list and uh, I agree with some of it. I don't agree with some of it, obviously. Uh, But I think, you know, a few of the players that you'll see on this list are scattered throughout all these ex-players who have been making their top teams of the, you know, of the decade, of their origin teams of the decade, of their origin teams of the last 20 years, greatest of all time, whatnot. You know, we've we've taken these on board, but, you know, these are are personal teams who we think uh, were the best 1 to 17 in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it's very hard to narrow it down to a 17. So, we kind of got a, what would you say, a, a second team of, like, who was our sort of close second to be in that position, I guess. So, yeah. um, we, haven't, we haven't yet spoken with each other about what we've got here. So, there could be some overlap. But um, I think some are more obvious than others. Um, I would say that hooker was probably the easiest position to pick but i could be yeah. wrong in that no, sense I, I, I completely um, agree. yeah but um i mean how do we want to go through this do we want to start with the backs uh or do you want to run through your team first yeah okay. how about we do that i'll just do, do it do i'll do it one to 17 and give yeah. my coach um yeah. then you give yours and then we'll just discuss so yeah um one to 17 um at fullback i have billy slater on yep. the wings, I have Hazem El Masri and Lottie Takiri. In the centres, I have Greg Inglis and Nate, and um, not Nathan Lyon, Jamie Lyon. <laughs> um, <laughs> at five, <laughs> at nice Gary. At five eight, I have Jonathan Thurston. Um, number seven, Andrew Johns. At hooker, Cam Smith. The props, I have Petro Sivanaseva and Shane Webby. Second row, I have Sonny Bill Williams and Gordon Tallis. At lock, I have Sam Burgess. On the bench, I have Darren Lockyer, Mark Gaznier, Steve Menzies, and Glenn Stewart. Okay. And my coach uh, is Craig Bellamy. Okay. We have some similarities. We have some differences. I also have Billy Slater at fullback. On my wings, yep. I have Greg Inglis and Jared Hayne. Now, the reason I have them in 
on the wings is, look, they've played all over the park. They've played fullback, center, and uh, wing. But these two in my centers, I think, are special centers. I have Justin Hodges and Matt Cooper. At, at halves, we have the same halves. I have JT, Jonathan Thurston, and Andrew Johns. At prop, I yep. have Petro, Sivan Deceiver, and Sam Burgess. At, yes. at hooker, I also have Cameron Smith. Uh, in the second row, I have Nathan Hindmarsh and Craig Fitzgibbon. At lock, I have Ben Kennedy. Uh, in and uh, so, in my bench, I have Cooper Cronk, Steve Menzies, Paul Gallen, and Sonny Bill Williams. And that's coached by Craig Bellamy as well. Interesting. Right. Well, it's actually quite funny because a couple of the ones that you have in your team were my runners-up for that position. Yeah, so they say. were the ones I were torn between. But going through from fullback, going through, I think for me, Slater was the obvious choice. Yeah. I really feel like he's transformed the game. Tedesco Tedesco is unbelievable. His ball energy is amazing. But I think it it's too early in his career and it's way too early to have him in this possible team. Slater was there for so long. And I think if you were to do a team for this decade, there's undoubtedly Tedesco's name will be there in 10 years time. If we're doing this again. I agree. And look, I, I actually didn't even have Tedesco as my runner up. I had another Roosters fullback in Anthony Minicello as my runner up uh, because of his longevity during the, during the last 20 years. Uh, I had the same opinion. Tedesco, will probably be in there for the next decade, but it's too early this decade, even though he is an absolute superstar of the game. Yeah. I actually think that Minicello and Slater had quite similar career trajectories in that they both had runs with, bad runs with injury um, Mm. and really sort of came out of that as much better and stronger players and managed to focus their careers um, in a way that sort of... um, Focus their training sessions in a way that sort of extended their careers. So, but for me, Slater is Slater is the benchmark of fullbacks. Obviously, in that those incredible Melbourne teams, and I just think it set the standard. And I think every other club has tried to emulate that position based on how Slater transformed it. Yeah, Slater's probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, fullback to ever play this game. He was an easy selection for me, uh, as you said. He has tr- he transcended that position, uh, and every team tries to emulate what he did for Melbourne and Queensland all those years. Now you had Lottie Takiri and, uh, and Hazemol Masri on your wings, I believe. Now I, I have Hazem in my second team. Uh, Another person I also considered was Brett Morris. But like I said, I think that Inglis and Hayne, I, I think there are better centres, that like specialist centres, and there are specialist wingers. And Greg Inglis and Jared Hayne both had incredible careers, but they spent time everywhere. So I, I felt more comfortable sticking them on the wing and picking two specialist centres. Yeah, fair. Look, fair. Um, for me, I think Hazem was quite... I, I think Hazem was a, a brilliant winger. I think his defence was quite underrated. He was in a very strong Bulldogs team. Um, and had a lot of stars and did not get a lot of focus. But obviously, his goal kicking was incredible. His try scoring was great too. Um, and I just think, I, for me, I thought he earned a position in that team. He's not a, a, a polished player in any sense of getting the, the dives and the um, 
the corner post tries and the, the money shops and your Valentine Holmeses and all them get now, but partly because the corner post rules were different then. But I, I just think that um, he was a great player. He was a, he was a great club man. And um, I, like, I think he would be great in this team. Lottie Takiri, for me, I've, I've written it down and it is a bit of a road pick. I think he has a lot of experience. He won two premierships, played for, played for, for Queensland, played for Australia, obviously had the stint in rugby union as well, like a couple of others in the team. Um, but I just, I, I actually found this position difficult to assign. And I thought, you know what, Lottie was great, great player. And yeah, so I just put him in there. No, I understand it. He was he's a person that I've, you know, when I was doing a research person who I hovered across and thought, oh, maybe him. But yeah, Jared Hayne and Greg Inglis at one point were, for me, they, at one point, they were the best player in the game. Jared Hayne had like a two-year stretch where, where whatever he did, he was unstoppable. Uh, I'm not going to dock him for his off-field uh, discretions. I think he deserves a spot in this team. Justin Hodges, for me, at centre, I thought that he was arguably one of the most dangerous players whenever he stepped on the field. Yeah. What he could do out of nothing, his dummy half runs, his pure physical size and like the ability to just fend off people, he was incredible to me. Um, I remember there was one year where he played at fullback and he was the best player on the field every single week. I really like Justin Hodges. I think he's an absolutely brilliant player, and that's why I have him as my center spot. The other one, it was a toss-up between Mark Gasnier and Matt Cooper, the two Dragon centers. Uh, for me, Matt Cooper yeah. is just... I, I'm i a big fan of defense. Uh, whenever I played sport personally, I always you know tried to be a great defender before a great attacker, and Matt Cooper was arguably one of the best defensive centers there is. Uh, I always felt safe whenever he was marked up against the opposition. I knew that there wasn't going to be too many points leaked on that side. Uh, and Gazdia was just a little inconsistent here and there. He had uh, he had that state in rugby union as well. Uh, so Matt Cooper gets this uh, gets the spot over him. Yeah. Well, interestingly, I had Hodges as my third pick for centre, but um, couldn't go past Greg Inglis. Um, who I could not place as fullback, even though he played there when South's on the comp and couldn't put him in the halves. And given he played there for Queensland and that's where he played a lot of his career, I thought natural choice um, for the centres. He was brilliant, obviously. Um, I think at the end of the day, probably emotionally drained as well as physically just exhausted. And that's what led to his retirement. But in his day, in his prime, at Melbourne Storm, for Souths, for Queensland, for Australia, just an incredible player. There was nothing better than seeing him running at full speed, nothing better than seeing um, him in open space. And, you know, the way he would draw players is where part of his value to a club comes in because he just drew the players in and it would create opportunities around him. And I think that's one of the things with, with these great players is, and someone like Slater as well, is that all the defenders are drawn and that's where you get your opportunities with the men around you. So for me, Inglis was a no-brainer there. Jamie Lyon I put in because I thought he was... Um, I actually thought he was a brilliant centre in um, an amazing Manly team. I thought Manly under Hasler were 
until the last year or so, but actually even after the last year, until the end of Tuvi's time, I just thought they were fantastic. I thought he was amazing. His defence was quite incredible as well, and I just thought had to put him in. Um, so Inglis and Lyon were my centres. Yeah. Um, I, at yeah. five eight, I I had um, JT. Uh, um, as did you. Um, Fittler for me was the backup, but just don't really. Fittler is so highly regarded, but I don't. Obviously, Fittler retired in '04. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of Fittler's career, and I just, given what I saw of Thurston and, and what I've heard about Fittler, I could not put Fittler in there instead. It would be no, going the- off hearsay rather than when I saw Thurston, incredible player. I'm the, I'm the same. I have JT. Uh, JT is my six. It's where he played a lot of for a lot of Queens, like his Queensland off uh, uh, the Maroon squad. That that was one of the big reasons why I picked him over Brad Fittler, even though Brad Fittler is dear to my heart. Uh, you know, took us to three grand finals, and I still remember that 04 Origin series where he got the call uh, from Gus. You know, the SOS, come back, we need you. Yeah, came back, and we won the series. They're the things I remember of Brad Fittler, but like you said, he didn't really play much of this, uh, much of these last twenty years. So I've picked Jonathan Thurston. Other than Joey, he's probably one of the greatest halfbacks to ever play the game. You know, what he did for what he's done for rugby league in North Queensland as well is just remarkable, and he was an easy pick for me at number six. Yeah, definitely. And then our number sevens were also the same. Um, Andrew Johns is. I can't recall, and partly I think because of the way the game is played has been changed, but I, I have not seen a halfback able to kick a football in open play like Andrew Johns. He could do grubbers, banana kicks, like everything you saw. You just, I, I just can't see that sort of thing with any other footballer. I know the rules were different, but I, he was incredible. He was a great playmaker. Obviously, um, he retired quite early this century too, but I just think he he was when I was a kid, he was easily the best player. He was like Newcastle were always on Friday nights, um, and he, you'd always watch them. They had the Channel Nine game, and he would always be on, and he was incredible. Yeah, uh, they did that team of the century in two thousand eight, I believe, when it was rugby league's hundred year anniversary, and he was voted the greatest player. To ever play the game, I tend to. I think at the time, yes, he was. I think he might be second now to uh, Cameron Smith. But from, I remember watching Joey, and like you said, he what he was able to do with the ball was just incredible. His instincts of the like to play rugby league, he saw everything slower than anyone else, and was able to pick apart defenses. You say he could put in all these little grubbers and banana kicks and everything. I don't know if you've ever seen him in those little training montages, you know, for blues camps and everything. He could still do all that stuff. He's absolutely he still does it. It's amazing. It's, yeah. it's incredible. <laughs> I actually love watching him on on Channel Nine. He's the way he breaks down a game and like the plays is just phenomenal. I think he's one of the brightest brightest minds in rugby league. Uh, yeah, Joey. Joey was an easy pick for me here. Um, and then we both had Sivanasiva as yep. prop. Yeah. Petro was an incredible player. Played for, obviously, the Maroons. 
Played for the Broncos for a long part of his career. Finished off in Penrith, I believe. Uh, but yeah, just an incredible leader. And then went back, I think. Went back to Brisbane Penrith from memory. Okay. I think so. Uh, yeah, just an incredible player. Incredible leader on and off the field. You know, uh, great, uh, great ambassador for Fiji and uh, for Fiji and rugby league as well. So yeah, Petro. There's not much really that can be said. He was. He's probably one of the best props of the last twenty. He is the best prop of the last twenty years. Yeah. Um, him and Shane Webke for the same reason. Just your. Well, he was in my team. He's your old school, gritty. Rough, tough, rumbling, bumbling prop. Just really just, you know, I have this really vivid memory of Shane Webke's broken finger. I don't know if you remember this. I and do his, remember this. Um, he, <laughs> his, um, was it the index finger? It was what, at the second thirds. It was the wrong way. Thirds, it was the second wrong way. two thirds were <laughs> creating a 120 degree angle with the bottom bit of the finger. It was, it was phenomenal. It was just, I, he was just one of those really tough players, very gritty, um, got his premiership in his final game in 2006, um, which was awesome. And yeah, I just think like him and Sivan Asiva, part of a different era. Um, and then my backup for that position was actually James Graham, who I also feel is a bit like that era. Um, he's, James Graham is just one of those workhorses. Um, I really think that in his time at Canterbury, he was unlucky not to win a premiership there. Um, I thought he brought a lot of soul to that team. Um, and then I just think he got his... He almost burnt out playing for the Dogs in that under Hasler's coaching, he got stuck in this, what, second receiver, first receiver position where he became prop slash halfback of the team and it sort of ruined his game, but um, his James Graham was not in my team, but on passion um, and grit, he would definitely be there. Yeah. So I had, as my backup, I had Steve Price, uh, another yeah. Queensland, another Queenslander, but uh, captain the dogs was unlucky to not play in the grand final. I believe he was suspended in 04, but just a great leader, a great prop uh, and a fantastic player. Uh, you had so you had Webke as your other prop. I had Sam Burgess because I wanted to do a bit of shuffling here. Uh, Sam's played a multi like every position in the four pack bar hooker. So I figured if I can shift some things around here, I can get Sam at prop. Burgess is you know probably one of the greatest Englishmen to ever come over and play here. He's one of the greatest players that I've ever seen play the forward position. Uh, despite his handling ability, loves a drop ball. But his, his pure toughness, you saw what he did in that grind in that 2014 grand final. James Graham fractured his face and he played the whole game. You know? Sam Burgess was just a tough guy. He has a big body. He was so talented. And yeah, another, another person who I had on my list was uh, in the backup role was Matt Scott, who, you know, Queenslanders seemed to dominate this prop position, but Matt Scott was just a fantastic player as well. Second row, I had Sonny Bill and Gordon Tallis. Now, I'd imagine for some, Sonny Bill would probably be a controversial call given his relationship with rugby league. Part one, definitely. He's not in here for honouring contracts, let me tell you that. But he is in here (laughs) for his presence. 
He's in here for his presence, his leadership, and what he brings to a team. He's undoubtedly, I think, with the whole overhaul of the Roosters in 2013, his presence at the Roosters and, and what he brought to the game um, and to the team in terms of leadership and um, defence and strength was, I, I think, amazing. I, I think he was a very talented player. He had this incredible, he had this great offload and this great, I think he, from memory, had this great shoulder charge when he played for the Dogs, which obviously got outlawed later on. But he was a revelation when he came on the scene. Um, and he, he was the rising star of rugby league. Um, obviously fell out with Canterbury, went to Union, um, came back, redeemed himself, although for a different club, and, you know, just returned to rugby league, had such a presence about him. Um, it's My team has other internationals, so I'm not so concerned about the fact he went to Union, but I really think he has been one of the most amazing players in the last 20 years. Yeah, I had him on my bench, but I just think for pure, for pure, you know, Work this century. Nathan Hindmarsh for me was one of the, probably one of the premier defenders of the last 20 years. Uh, Ryan Fletcher will yep. tell you that he flopped on a lot of tackles and that's how he got his tackle count so high. <laughs> but, but Nathan Hindmarsh was Not a fantastic wrong. player for Parramatta. He was a one, he, you know, he led that team uh, to the 09 grand final. He couldn't quite get over the hump, but. You know, Heidi was Heidi was a great player. He was a yeah. great he was a great uh, ambassador for New South Wales Rugby League as well. Uh, was always on the team, and I just thought he was a fantastic player. The other the other player I had in the second row was Craig Fitzgibbon. Now this pick might seem like a bit of a homer pick, and I understand it. I understand your like why you would think that, but Craig Fitzgibbon to me is my favourite rooster of all time. Uh, when I played rugby or rugby league, I played uh, in the second row. Or, or Locke, and Craig Fitzgibbon was someone I tried to emulate. He was just a hard-working guy who's put his head down, took the big took the big hit up, or just made the right tackles. He was so reliable, and as I said, he's my favorite Roosters player ever. Just for what I tried to emulate when I was, you know, on a field. Yeah. Well, I didn't have I didn't have Fitzgibbon in there, but Hindy was my backup. Because he did pretty much top the tackle count every week that he played. He uh, it probably was the flop. Um, you know, two things were guaranteed every week with Nathan Hindmarsh. A, he'd top the tackle count. B, you'd see his bum. So, um, yeah. Um, but my other second role was Gordon Tallis. I think just another one. Great presence. Great energy. Had a different dimension about him. Um, Queensland, Australia, Brisbane, Premierships, Origins. He did it all. Um, was part of a great era with Fittler, Lockyer and Johns. Um, and probably because he was not a playmaker, did not get all the credit of the others. But I thought he was, he was a great player, great defensive player, great leader, managed to lift a team. Um, one of my most vivid memories of Talos would have to be manhandling Brett Hodgson 20 oh, metres over the sideline of Stadium Australian State of Origin. Um, yeah. And then just think... And the other the other memory I have of Talos is when Souths were on track to beat Brisbane in 2003 and he stripped the ball out of Paul Stringer's hand and um, Brisbane won on the bell, which was heartbreaking for me as a South supporter. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's, you know... I. That's probably the reason Paul Stringer was unlucky to make this side, but um, that's another story. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I had Talos in my backup team. Uh, I do remember that. Brett Hodgson, just him, him ragdolling him over the sideline. I, remember, I actually used to be fearful of, like, as a young kid, I was like, this guy looks scary. You know, yeah, it wasn't the prettiest face. Wasn't scary. the prettiest face to look at in rugby league, and you know, he had the the hair halfway back up his head. He was a menacing figure. He was a big guy. I remember he always used to put fear into my heart whenever I saw him. Uh, but yeah, I picked Craig Fitzgibbon. You know, he was a he was a uh, was was a Clive a Wally Lewis medalist, I believe, one year in State of Origin. Uh, so yeah, uh, and then who would you have at lock? You had Sam Burgess at lock. Am I right? I had. I had Sam at lock. One player I thought about was Tamalolo, but I, yeah. I, and I think he's a great player, but he's another one. It's like he'll be in this decade's team, I think. Yeah. Sam, um, I mean, phenomenal player. Just as you said before, his presence, his leadership, he is a, he is a once in a generation player. He's, he is, uh, how do I? I don't even know where to start here. I'm just, um, <laughs> I, I just think his performance in the 2014 Grand Final just emulated the kind of player he is. Very passionate. Um, he obviously pisses off fans of a lot of other clubs. I get that. Like he's, he's he can be divisive, but um, at the same time, you can't doubt his talents on the football field. He, he's. Ability to change a game, his his leadership, his effort. He he made those tackles that the good players should be making. He he set up the plays. He he was passionate. Um, he's probably one of the greatest um, signings for Souths in the last fifty years. So, um, yeah, just a phenomenal player and deservedly my lock of the last twenty years. Yeah, I I had him in my team. Had him at prop. I went with Ben Kennedy because Ben Kennedy was another one of those just defensive guys who just put his head down and just made the right play every time. Played for the Knights, played for Manly, and I absolutely loved Ben Kennedy. He was one of my favorite yeah. players in the NRL at the time, and he was just a gritty guy who just got the job done every week. Great leader, great origin player as well for New South Wales, and couldn't pass him up. Yeah. And I, like I had him, I actually had him as a potential on my bench. Um, but I don't know about, I don't know if it's just me or like I just feel like all these players, especially the older players, they just all got on with what they needed to do. They played their position, and there was less for me. I think in the climate of you know NRL not being on and pay disputes and everything, these players just seem to get on with it, work just as hard on so much less money. And I'm just kind of like, I think I have a lot more admiration for them going back and doing this and thinking like, well, you know, players 20 years ago weren't paid anything like that. Ben Kennedy, great player um, in an incredible Newcastle team. Um, still can't work out why he went to Manly, but, you know, everyone makes mistakes, I guess. But, um, <laughs> yeah, amazing. And then um, on my bench... I had Darren Lockyer. I think I had to find a spot for him in this team. Incredible at Brisbane. His um, positional change from fullback to 5'8", probably I can't work out if it... I don't think it can be easily done because we've seen players try it since and it just doesn't work, but shows how talented he is. He really made both positions his own. Um, obviously won that premiership at Brisbane in 06, but I feel like he was very unlucky not to get another one. Brisbane definitely made a few preliminary finals after that. 
And he won in two thousand as well. Though. Yeah, he won in two thousand as well. That's true. But um, unlucky that there weren't any after that in his career. Um, but brilliant player, great leader, natural ability, and very much in the fold of the whole John's Fitler. Talos, they were the big guns at the time and Lockyer was right up there for me. And the thing you forget is he was playing until much later than all the others as well. He played over... He, at one point, he was... Before Cameron Smith broke, broke his record, he was he, uh, the leader for top games played. Uh, I had him... I, I edged... I had him out of... I didn't have him in my top 17 purely because I had to reward Cooper Cronk. Um yeah, the man. The man won. You know, he's won the last three premierships. He also won six in the last yeah. twenty years, and he played in I think nine grand finals. So yeah. to have to play in almost half those grand finals, he was part of that Origin run. Uh, the one year where New South Wales won, that year where we broke the streak, he was not in the team. He was injured. He did not play, and I think he was. Yeah, the he broke his arm. Why. Yeah, I think he was the big reason why Queensland couldn't get over New South Wales that year. I think Cooper Cronk, he didn't have the God-given talent. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, Greg Inglis, he wasn't Jonathan Thurston where he could just pull out magical plays. But he was probably the smartest player to ever play rugby league, I think. What he got out of the game by just studying it and just learning to, you know, control everything around him was just incredible. I couldn't, couldn't not put him in his team. He is... You know, behind Joey and Joey and JT, probably one of the he's up there as the greatest half of all time. Yeah, look, he he doesn't make my team, but and I think it's partly because in terms of like pure brilliance, but he was an incredible player. And you know, the thing about him and and Cam Smith um, and a lot of other players is they're just so smart. And smart footballers are a very rare breed. And I think you know, if you get a really intelligent one, he delivers premiership to you and I think that's one of the things about Sonny Bill or Sam Burgess is they just they're game managers and, and they just and Andrew Johns and um, Thurston they just have this great ability to manipulate a game and I think Cooper Cronk Cooper Cronk did a great job of that um, talented player but I just as I just couldn't fit him in this team which seems a bit ridiculous, given, as you say, he's won the last three premierships and played in nine grand finals. So, um, shame on me. But he was my first pick in my next team. I, I Purely because I didn't want to put him on the bench and he's halfback behind Andrew John. So, I think he can live with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, on, my, um, on your bench, I believe you had Steve Menzies and Paul Gallon. Is that right? No, you had... I think you had Gal. I had Menzies, and yeah, Menzies. you did it as well. I just yeah. thought Menzies, great player, um, good club man, great, very versatile. He could play centre, could play second row, and just think, um, I just really enjoyed watching him play. Um, Third all time in and, try scoring as well. Yeah, incredible try scorer. Um, scored a great one in the twenty eleven or. 2008 grand final. Just remember that. And I just like, as a, again, part of an incredible manly team um, under Hasler, just had a bit of a dynasty going. And then that was actually part of the reason I also had Glenn Stewart in my team. I thought Glenn Stewart came to Souths for a year, no idea why, and did not deliver anything near what he delivered at Manly. But I thought it was a very good player at Manly. Um, 
crafty player, added dynamic to that second row lock position. He could kick, he could set things up. He was it was different sort of player. He was a bit of a workhorse as well. Always had a great tackle count. Um, not the slick finisher like his brother was, but would do crafty little things. Put in a grubber on his own 20-meter line, on his own 20-meter line in the 2011 Grand Final for his winger to make a break and it set up a try. Like, how do you how do you think of that sort of stuff? So, um, Glenn Stewart was in there. You had Gal. I did have Gal, and I had Sonny Bill. Now, I agree with everything you said about Glenn Stewart. He's in my second team. Uh, he probably revolutionised that, you know, ball-playing lock position. You know, that second 5-8 on the field. Um, did it very well, and teams really did try to emulate. I know we, we the Roosters at one point had Braith and Astor at lock to try and replicate that type of Glenn Stewart role. Didn't quite work as well. Yeah, uh, I, went, I went with Gal because... <laughs> Just longevity, what he did for Cronulla, what he did for New South Wales. I'm not the biggest Gallon fan, and I've said that to many people who know me. I actually can't stand Gallon as a player, but I can't discredit what he did for both club and state. Uh, led the Sharks to a 2016 grand final, their first premiership ever. He was another one of those gritty guys who just put his head down and did everything. I think it was just more his attitude and some some of the things he said that really pissed me off. But you know what? Yeah, he deserved to be polarizing. in this team, in my opinion. Very polarizing. Yeah, he is a polarizing character, but he deserved to be in this team, if you ask me. My final bench spot was Gaznian. I your defense, your comments about his defense are warranted, but I just thought as an attacking player, he was. He was that player that other teams just feared. He just stood there. He caught the ball. He danced around. And teams would just be paralyzed by it. They'd freeze. They'd stop. They couldn't manage it. Um, yeah, I just thought, I thought he was a great player, great in his position um, in, that, in that 2010s, um, in that 2000s, 2010 sort of change of the decade period um and i put him in there i thought it was really good for the dragons in a great saint george team um one player who people can jump in accuse me of bias i had just outside partly because i'm a south fan but john sutton who i thought is a had played a lot of games over that um two decades about 300 and 30-something, unlucky never to play for New South Wales. Very talented, very versatile as well. Um, second row lock centre. I would have had him in there, um, but that's probably biased. So let's ignore that one. But just wanted to give an honourable mention. Um, yeah, there's a couple other names coach. that I had. Oh, coach, yeah. coach is Bellamy. No, no, no. Go. No, coach, coach is Bellamy. It's, it's an easy decision. Yeah. He's the... He's what every coach tries to emulate in terms of culture. Melbourne, get it done every week. They're the hardest working team. You know what you're going to get out of them every week and you still can't stop them. You know, they've been the benchmark for... I think he's played 17, 18... He's been the coach 17, 18 years now. Yeah. Yeah. More grand finals than any other coach in this last... Like, he's attended... He's been in more grand finals than any other coach in the last 20 years and it was an easy decision for me. Yeah, well, part of me thought you might go Robbo, but then I thought, no, you know what? I have him, I have him as my second Robbo, coach. Yeah, so <laughs> do I. But the, the, the standard that Robbo and all the other coaches emulate is Bellamy's standard. 
yeah. and they 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 have the model they have the model club they have the model football department they have the model training regimes and every other they have and him as a coach has actually been influential in changing the game he bought in the wrestling um which every club tries to emulate he brought in the the fullback position really was transformed because of him. Game management took a new level with Cameron Smith there as well. Um, he's just absolutely changed that up. Um, the structured play, which we see so much of, is because of Melbourne. Um, yeah. And it really didn't exist. I mean, the Tigers won the premiership in 2005, partly on this free-flowing, throw-the-ball-around, creative play, and then... The next year, it was a Melbourne-Brisbane grand final. And Melbourne were there with this structured, ruthless, grinding performances. And, you know, when Melbourne were just always and have been under Belmy so meticulous in their preparation. And, and it, as, we, as we said, it's what every other club tries to emulate. Yeah, their discipline is just otherworldly. Uh, and it was always amazing. It was like, oh, they've lost this player. Oh, but there's also this guy coming up and that guy ends up being a superstar as well. You know, you lose, you lose yeah. Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk. Oh, here's Cameron Munster. You know, it's just, yeah. they were always able to produce talent yeah. and their, their ability to find plays and get the most out of them was really telling. And that was all down to bed. Yeah. And, 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 but that's, and that's the part of the story that never gets mentioned really. I mean, it's easy to talk about the wins and the oh, minor premierships and leading the comp by this much, but that finding the talent, developing the talent, building it to the position, and then having, having these players plucked out of nowhere and doing incredible things in their position, that, I mean, that's, that's the role of the coach and he's the only one that does that so well. Every other club goes into the market for an easy fix. Yeah. I agree. Uh, some honourable mentions who we've left off. Uh, one guy who I really like is Luke Lewis. He started at the Panthers yep. on the wing, was an origin winger, played centres, I believe. He played 5'8 at one point. Uh, finished his career in the second row at Sharks, won a premiership there as well as the 2003 premiership with the Panthers. Uh, Luke Lewis is just a great player, if you ask me. Very, very versatile, uh, representing his state really well, you know. Deserve to be on, deserve to be mentioned at some point, and another utility player, someone who's a bit, who's probably a bit dear to both of our hearts, uh, Craig Wing. Unlucky to yes, not make the yeah. team, but yeah. you know, uh, was a great, great hooker, great versatile player who could fill in at any position during Origin. Uh, was a Souths and Roosters player at one point, many of them throughout the years, uh, and yeah, really enjoyed my time watching Craig yeah. Wing play. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching my time watching Craig Wing play the Souths. Not so much for the Roosters, but he had all his success. But yeah, look, as I said, honourable mention John Sutton, purely because I thought he was unlucky not to have ever played Origin. Yeah. Um, but I did have Craig Wing up there as well. It's quite tricky, though, putting that. And, it was actually a really yeah. tough thing to do, put that team together. It was. I also, sorry, one other person who I just, I saw, Danny Medeiros, uh, Knights for Gulf, yeah. for however many years, origin captain for however many years. Uh, just another guy who we had to mention. Didn't want to leave yeah. him out. <laughs> yeah, he was in my second team. Yeah. Yeah, he was in my second team. Yeah. Um, Knights coach at one point as well, from memory. Yeah. 
had a bit of a stint, I think, when uh, someone... Rick won. Stone? Yeah, I think so. Before Nathan yeah. Brown. Yeah. yeah, before Nathan Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Kurt Gidley should get an honourable mention. Not in my team, but just because he captained New South Wales from the bench. Oh, um, absolutely ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I actually really enjoyed that. That was actually a really tough thing to put together. I had to think yeah. about it, and then it becomes controversial, not for who's in there, but more so because there's a lot of talent in particular positions. I think wing, it was hard to find players to put there more than yeah. anything. Like, there's yeah. no... You don't go, oh, he was the best player on the wing. Like, there's none of that, really. Yeah. You also, like, it's hard because, you know, we want to we wanna reward recency. You know, there's a lot of recency bias. It's like, oh, well, Jason Tamaloo is the best forward in the game at the moment. Why wouldn't we put him in? But you can't because he's only played for... Yeah. He's only been at this level for three, four years, you know? There's guys who have been doing it for years who we just we forget and forget that they were at that level. So... Yeah, it was it was a challenging thing to do. Uh, I did enjoy it though; it made me go down memory road a bit, memory lane a bit. Um, and yeah, really enjoyed it. All right, Emmanuel, that is another episode for How Good Is Rugby League. A bit earlier this week, uh, we're going to try keep it to week during the weekday. Find it a bit easier. Yeah. How how are you handling well, isolation? Depending on now? our boredom, uh, I was going to say. Depending on our boredom, we could be putting out one every night by the end of this <laughs> whole period. But yeah. <laughs> no, it, um, it's all right. You get used to it. But there's, I tell you what, this was definitely the, this has definitely been the highlight of my week. And it's Wednesday. Um, it's definitely been the highlight. There's not much else going on really, is there? But yeah, um, yeah just hoping everyone's staying well, obeying the rules. My mentality now is everyone obey the rules, stay healthy. Stay inside, get out of the way, let the health people do what they need to do. And the sooner that all happens, we can get some footy back and then our content will be a bit more, uh, <laughs> bit broader than it has been. But um, yeah. yeah, as as Corb said also, um, you know, we want to do this every week still. Rate, review, subscribe. We want feedback. We want to know, give us your teams of the last 20 years. We just want to hear some opinions. Is there anyone we've left out? Are there gaping holes? Are there obvious picks? Are there honourable mentions that we didn't mention? Tell us yeah. everything. Yeah, you put out a, uh, a you know a message earlier in the week to let it, let people know. You know, give us some feedback. Who do you think should be in the list? One name that I saw, which I'm surprised uh, didn't make a mention today, was Nathan Merritt. Now I didn't have him anywhere near my list, but <laughs> as a South fan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might have I thought you might have tried to slide him in there. Um yeah. But <laughs> guys, thank you for reaching out to us. We really we really do appreciate it. Yeah, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. That's the best way to support us. You can email us at howgoodisrugbyleague at gmail.com. Uh we're also available on all social media. You know, just look us up, Michael Corbin or Emmanuel Pangos. We'll you'll find us. Uh and yeah, guys, thank you again for listening. One more thing, Emmanuel. How good is Rugby League? How good is Rugby League? May 21. Can't wait. Thanks, Emmanuel.